What's up, YouTube family? Welcome to the Link Up Church online experience. We're so glad you've chosen to tune in. Before we jump into today's video, we want to remind you that this channel isn't just for adults. We have content for babies in the Little Linkland section, kids in the Linked Up Kids section, and relevant services for your teenagers from the plug. So grab the whole family because we're about to get started. Be sure to subscribe to this channel so you never miss a video from us. And don't forget to share this video with someone who needs to hear an encouraging message. Let's jump in. Now we're talking about Jesus. We're talking about last words. Today is part two. Most of the time when people hear last words, they immediately think about the last words that he shared while he was on the cross. But that's actually not what we're talking about. For 40 days after his resurrection, he was seen by many people. And there were seven uh, uh, things that he said and seven or seven uh, quotes that he made and statements that or seven things that he commanded and statements that he made is what I'm trying to say there in between his uh, resurrection and his final ascension. Last week, we looked at the first one. This week, we're going to look at our second one. Let's look at our foundation text in Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 3 from the New King James Version. And it says, the former account I made, O Theopolis, of all that Jesus began to both do and teach until the day in which he was taken up. The word taken up means raptured. After he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he had also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible or undeniable proofs, being seen by them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So we're in that second week now of that 40-day period. 40 days is six weeks. And we're going to take each week to look at one point uh, of some of the most important things that he communicated before his final ascension. I mean, know the things that you communicate last are the most important to you, Amen. right? And so if we're a smart church, we're going to listen very carefully and not just listen for a good sermon. I know we're listening for application and a smart pastor is going to see where does this fit at in our vision because the commander in chief has left us what is the most important thing to him. And how many know if it's important to him, it should be important to his church. Now, have you all ever experienced when literally you are looking for something and you can't find it, you can't see it, but it's right there in front of your face? Raise your hand if that's ever happened to you, looking for some keys or something. I know there have been times where I went and started the car up came back in the house looking for the keys. Anybody ever done that, got distracted? Somebody communicated something? Now I'm looking all over the house for the keys in the car out there in the garage running, right? Anybody, am I the only one that's ever done something like that? Or, or my wife, I know one time, she was looking for something and it was right in her hand. Have you all ever done that before? Like, or you look for something right in your back pocket or in your pocket or you put it in your jacket or something. Well, a lot of times, folks, that's how believers, that's how we go through life a lot of times. A lot of times we're looking for things that are right in front of us. We're looking for things that we literally already have in our possession. We just can't see them. And that's really the context of the story for today. A lot of times when we're looking for God, we can't sense his presence, right? Anybody ever been there? It just seems like, uh, like God's not with me on this one. Anybody ever been there before? When you can't see God or sense God's presence, you have to ask yourself the next follow-up question. What should I do 
when I can't see God or I can't sense his presence. For a lot of people, that's a dark place to be, right? And it's very similar to where some of Jesus' followers found themselves the Sunday after the resurrection. The last time they saw Jesus, in their minds, he was dead. They thought he would never come back. They made it through the last couple of days, but many of them are extremely sad and depressed, as we saw with Mary Magdalene on last week. But now they've heard a word from several women, Mary being one of them, who followed Jesus that the body was uh, not in the tomb and that the angels appeared to them telling them that Jesus was actually alive. But they don't believe and they just feel more confused and in darkness. You ever been there where, you know, you're in a bad spot and somebody gives you the word of God and the word of God makes you feel worse? <laughs> Come on, let's just be honest. Can we be honest? And you're like, oh, don't, I don't want to hear that right now. Come on, let's be honest in the house of God, right? Uh, don't, don't give me, I, I don't need no prayer right now. Come on, be honest in the house of God, right? We've all been there before. It's called life. Life, life can hit you with some blows that, man, listen. <laughs> and, and that's literally, so before we judge them, that's what they're going to. And now they've come to Jerusalem for the Passover feast. And we're at the portion of the story now where everyone's going back home. And the reality of what they believe to them has not happened. Let's look at our opening text for today. It's a long text. You know, in Bible school, you learn that there are three types of sermons that you minister, a textual sermon where you take one text and you expound on all of its points. Then there's an expository uh, sermon where you take a longer text and you expound on all of its points. And then there's a topical sermon where you pick a topic and then you follow that topic throughout the Scripture. So today is more expository. We're going to look at a longer text but all of our points will come out of that text. So it's just one point today, but then the following points come out of that text. Let's read Luke chapter 24, beginning at verse 13. And I won't elaborate here. I'm just going to read because we're going to expound on each text uh, line upon line as we go through it. It says, Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus. It only really tells us about one uh, doesn't tell us about the other and really not much about their background in terms of who these two people are other than they, they came to Jesus, uh, came to Jerusalem for the Passover feast, and they believed in Jesus, So which, had, uh, which was seven miles from Jerusalem, and they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was while they conversed, conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Can you imagine just walking on the road and Jesus shows up and walks with you? That's probably happened to us more than we realize. And I'll just leave it at that. But their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. If I was you, I would underline their eyes were restrained. And I'll come back to that. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and you are sad? Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him again, all new mothers out here uh, or soon to be new mothers, do not name your son Cleopas because <laughs> you saw it in the Bible. So if he goes to the types of middle schools and high schools I went to, they will light him up from the time he walks in the school. Anybody go to those same kind of schools right there? Boy, they light you up. Cleopas. All right, answered and said to him, 
are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened there in these days? And he said to them, what things? So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people. And how the chief priest and how the rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But they were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, beside all of this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. And when they did not find his body, they came saying that he had, uh, they had also seen a vision of angels uh, who said he was alive. Now, notice again, they're describing it as a vision of angels, but these were actually angels that they saw. We'll come back to that. We'll look at that. How many know sometimes uh, we entertain strangers? The scripture tells us when we be careful how we entertain angels or strangers because we sometimes we entertain angels unaware. I personally think we've all had that experience more than we realize. Verse 26, ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and then to enter into his glory? Verse 27, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them and all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, abide with us, for uh, it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, Do, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road, and while he opened the scriptures to us? So that they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven and those who were uh, with them gathered together, saying, The Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And they told about the things that had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. Our point today that we will focus on, Jesus, point number two, Jesus asked two friends another two-pronged question. He says, what are you discussing and why are you sad? I mean, a lot of times what we're discussing is what makes us sad. Literally, right? When you find yourself being sad after a conversation, pay attention to the context of that conversation. So Jesus asked them the question, why, what are you discussing and why are you sad? And I believe he's asking us the same questions today. What is it? What are our conversations like? Now, let's get into this a little bit. Letter A up underneath point number two, your conversations reveal what you believe. Your conversations reveal what you believe. Let's go back and look at verses 13 through 17. It says, now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem, and they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and he went with them. But their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. And I'll talk about what that means in a moment. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and you are sad? Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? 
And have you not known the things which happened there in these days? Can you imagine Jesus being right there with you and you identify him as a stranger? The Greek word here for the phrase that their eyes were restrained literally means their eyes were kept from recognizing him. So God literally kept their eyes from recognizing that this was the Christ. And there's a reason for this, which the, as we expound on the scriptures, it will kind of unfold for us. So I don't want to give it away early, but God literally restrained their eyes and kept them from recognizing him. Now, a couple of things I want to point out. How many of you know they saw him with their natural eyes? But how many of you know we also have spiritual eyes? Right? And you're going to see this in the scriptures today. And so a lot of things we only see in the natural. And we miss it because we don't turn on our spiritual eyes to see something for what it really is. So it's like, you know, I, I had a dog named Luke when I was growing up, a, a Rottweiler, and just he was a very loyal, protect, protective dog. But Luke could always see what I couldn't see while you were out walking. Anybody ever have a dog that you're out walking? And his ears would just jump up, and he would start this little bouncing back and forth. I couldn't see it, but clearly something was out in front of us that was getting his attention. And literally, the way this kind of came to me was I would have to restrain him to keep him from doing something that uh, a squirrel or a person or a human being, I would have to hold him back because he could see what I couldn't see. And then sure, sure enough, we'd get a little further down, and bang, he would, he would leap. And there was a human being, another dog, a cat, a squirrel or something. But he picked it up long before I did. And I'm the one that's restraining him. I want you all to see this now. God literally will restrain your eyes from seeing things that you're not ready to walk in. We'll build on this. Let me keep going. And this is why people make decisions that aren't really good for them because they can't, they're not ready to receive the revelation that God wants to give them because they're not going to treat it right. You all still with me out there today? So God holds them back, right? You know, you always have to ask yourself the question, why would God do something like that? And it's because God wants them and us to see Jesus, not with our eyes. He wants us to learn how to see Jesus a different way. If you only see Jesus in the natural, you're going to miss out on the supernatural. Now, letter B. Jesus probes further to locate the root of their unbelief. How I many know when you listen to people, there's a foundation for why they believe the way that they believe. They just don't believe that way just to be believing that way. There's a foundation and a root. So Jesus probes a little further. Let's read verses 19 through 21. And he said to them, what things? Now he wants to be a little bit more specific about what it is that they're discussing and why what they're discussing is making them sad. So he probes a little further and he says, what things? So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, watch this now, who was a prophet, mighty indeed in word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he 
who was going to redeem Israel. Pay attention right here. Indeed, beside all of this, today is the third day since these things had happened. So now we can kind of understand a little further what they were discussing and why they were sad. See, they thought that was Jesus that was coming back to redeem Israel. They thought he was going to be a political power that was going to overturn Rome and set his people free. But now the one that they believed in to them is dead. And so they reduced what they believed to be the Messiah to a prophet because it didn't go the way that they thought it was supposed to go. Because they're only seeing things with their natural eyes. So they call Jesus a prophet. They no longer say that he's the Messiah or the Christ. Guess what, folks? They've lost their faith. And sometimes life will hit you so hard where you will begin to question, Jesus, are you the one or should we look for another? They're finding it too hard to believe. It's too dark. Jesus is dead. So he must have just been a prophet. And all the prophets are old, of old died just like Jesus. So because he died like all of the other prophets, he can't be the Messiah. See, when things get dark in our lives, when we lose our jobs, when COVID shows up on the scene, maybe when a relationship doesn't go the way we thought it was going to go, or maybe tragedy happens. How many you know it's easy for our hearts to stop sensing that God is still with us? Maybe he's not God. Maybe that church stuff is not real. I don't do church anymore because the last time I prayed, something bad happened. I prayed and things got worse in my life. Hello, somebody. But I submit to you today, if you're thinking that way, you are thinking wrong just like they were thinking wrong. Sometimes God is allowing a situation so that you can actually see how great he is in that situation in your life. But if your spiritual eyes aren't open, you're going to end up making a wrong judgment in that moment. Let's talk about letter C. Tradition and culture makes it hard to believe the word of God. Tradition and culture makes it hard. Let, let's dig into this a little bit. Verses 22 through 24 says, Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. Guess what this word astonished means? Made us beyond ourselves and out of our wits. And you know why? Because women weren't respected in that culture. So much so that women weren't even allowed to testify in court because their testimony was not reliable. Women were considered second-class citizens. And so Jesus presented himself to women first so that he could lift their profile and introduce a New Testament order where women and men are equal. How many know there has to be order in God, but there is equality where men and women are concerned? 
And so God goes to women first and trusts them with the good news, first group that he talks to, but it's hard for them to believe them because they're women. So how I many know tradition and culture now is impeding their progress spiritually? So when they did not find his body, they came saying that they had seen a vision of angels. No, they actually, the, the women saw angels, not a vision of them. And they said that he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it, watch this, just as the women had said, but him they did not see. So these guys sent men back to verify what the women saw. And how many know when you just can't believe what God said because he said it? Let's look at Colossians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. See, my grandmother got some, some stories, man. Listen. Boy, don't, don't man, listen, I don't even want to get into them. But, but all of us have been told a whole lot of stuff growing up, right? Oh, you know, wise fables and tales and, you know, don't wear white pants after September and uh, step on a crack. Come on, somebody. Uh, don't, don't split the pole. Uh, my God, boy. <laughs> when you date, don't eat. If they make spaghetti, don't eat it. All kind of stuff I heard as a kid growing up. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. There. Anybody out here know what I'm talking about? Man, I ain't heard all kind of stuff, boy. If I listened to that, I don't know where I would be today. <laughs> you know what I mean? When you get married now, always keep your little money on the side. <laughs> See, my grandmother kept it right in there. That She slept with it everywhere. She sent you to the store. This is how she sent you to the store. <laughs> my grandfather would sleep with his money in a, with a safety pin taped to his pajamas, stuck to his pajamas. Because my grandmother was just leaking him all while he was asleep. Just. And they're teaching us this how you do it. Colossians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10 says, Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men. See, if you listen to people, adultery is normal today. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Once your spiritual eyes get open, you'll see what level of destruction that only brings to you but to your family. A lot of people think for, uh, for, uh, porn, uh, fornication is just normal today. Very few Christians today... Uh, get married without sleeping together prior to marriage. Very few. I know you will. It's always a few, right? But how many of y'all know that should be the norm? I need a little better amen in church today. But because we've listened to other people and we get all our information from social media, our spiritual eyes become dull. And somebody up telling you the truth is now like out of touch. A lot of times we can't praise God in church because what we listen to all week long is not Christian music. 
So we come in here and it's foreign to us. So we just stand there. Because all week we've been better to better to better to better. Better to better to better to better to better. Better to better to better to better. But I don't need my better to better to better to better. But 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 it better to better to better. But it better to better to better. But it better to better to better. Whatever. Then we come to church. Like, what is this? That ain't little boosie. What is this? So we begin to live our, live our lives according to the traditions of men and according to the basic principles of the world, but not according to Christ. So what you're trying to do is compare everything to Christ. And I'm going to show you how to do that in a moment. For in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily and nothing else. So it doesn't get any better than that. And watch this. Watch this now. And you are complete in him. See, a lot of people are looking for other stuff to complete them. When the only thing that completes you is Christ. I need a little better amen in here. Somebody type that in online. I am complete in Christ. I don't need a woman to complete me. I don't need a man to complete me. Come on, I don't need money to complete me. I don't need status to complete me. Come on, somebody. I am complete in him. Everything else is secondary to my completeness in him, who is the head of all principality and power. All right? So now it's time for Jesus to answer these guys. He's asked them enough questions. Now it's time for him to provide some answers. Now, letter D, how does Jesus open our eyes, right? How did he open their eyes and how does he open our eyes? Let's look at verses 25 through 27. Then he said to them, oh, foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe. The phrase slow of heart literally means dull of hearing. How I many know you're in trouble when you become dull of hearing the word of God? In other words, it just doesn't mean anything to you anymore. It says, oh, foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe. And all the prophets and all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory and beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in the scriptures the things concerning himself. I personally believe Jesus goes through and gives them a bird's eye view of himself from the Old Testament all the way to that present time. Jesus will always use the word of God to open up their eyes. I can almost believe that he started in the book of Genesis where it talks about the seed of the woman will bruise Satan's head. That was referring to me, fellas. That was pointing to me. I can almost imagine when Moses was here because Pharaoh was trying to kill him. He said that was pointing towards me because Herod would later on try to kill me when I was a baby. I believe that Joseph, when his brothers turned on him, all 12 of them, I believe he said to those two guys that was pointing to me because all 12 disciples deserted me in my darkest hour come on somebody I believe he walked them from Genesis to where he was right now and then all of a sudden their eyes were open so what the Lord is showing us now is when you don't understand something when your eyes have not been open when you are consistently doing things that you know are not right you need to find out what the word of God says with about that and stay with it long enough until it opens up your eyes and you literally believe what you read and you act on it and you do it because that is what is going to keep you alive. 
Let's look at Psalms 119, 17, and 18. The word is the only thing that can change your lives. The word is the power. Psalms 119, 17, and 18, David said here, the psalmist says, Deal bountifully with your servant that I may live and do what? Keep your word. See, how many of you know God will deal bountifully with you if your purpose for living is to keep the word of God? Notice what he says in verse 18. Open my eyes that I may see the wondrous things from your law. Law, there is a Hebrew word, Torah, which is all they had at the time. The first five books of the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 1, and let's read verses 15 through 18. Paul understood something about this. Paul prayed for the Ephesians church that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. How many know you cannot live off of Joel Gregory's revelation? You must have your own revelation. It's time out for saying the pastor said, the bishop said, the apostle said, such and such said. What are you saying? Because what's most important is what have you seen in the word of God? What has God revealed to you? And are you saying that out of your mouth? Because you cannot live by what has not been revealed. You can go to church, but that doesn't mean you live for God. Hello, somebody. A lot of people go to church and don't live anything close to God because it hasn't been revealed to them. Look at what he prayed here in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. Therefore, I also, after I heard it of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks, making mention of you in my prayers. What are you mentioning to God in your prayers about the church at Ephesus? He says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom. Wisdom here is a Greek word, Sophia, and it literally means higher or lower wisdom. Higher wisdom is spiritual. Lower wisdom is worldly. It's natural. So how many know you can know something, but if you don't know how to use it, you don't have wisdom. And folks, we've been at this for a while, right? I know people that can quote scripture from Genesis to Revelation and they don't live nothing. Hello, somebody. Am I right or wrong? So, so notice, even though they know it, the wisdom that they're operating in is lower because they don't use it. So he's praying for them, of course, in this context, that they would have a spirit of higher wisdom. Notice, and revelation, full disclosure, and that the word of God would be revealed in the knowledge, epignosis, full discernment and exact knowledge of Jesus. And that the eyes, that word eyes, their vision of your understanding will be enlightened, make you to see or illuminate you. How I many know it's a sad thing to have natural eyesight with no vision? What's greater than the ability to see is having vision. Stevie Wonder couldn't see with his natural eyes, but he had vision. And a man accomplished more in his life than most people who can see with no vision. See, and I see this all the time. I I, I literally talk to people, and I sit down, and I talk to them, and I realize, you know what, they'll never be able to live that because that's just hitting them in their head. Even though they know it, they'll never be able to live it because I told it to them. How many know it's not theirs until they go back and study it for themselves? 
And then I see people just almost like a lamb to the slaughter. And you told them everything to avoid that. But they couldn't execute it. Because all they did was hurt it. They had no intention on living it. And this is why people get married the way that they do. You give them the blueprint, but they still do what they want to do. And, folks, I got news for you. They say love is blind, but marriage getting ready to open up your eyes. If you didn't know before, you're getting ready to be opened up now. If you couldn't see it before, oh, you're getting ready to see it now clearly because the woo can't keep you in a marriage. You live way more time outside that bedroom. See, people want bed partners today. They don't want life partners scripturally. Okay, all right. Since you all about to throw something at me out there. <laughs> he prayed that their vision and their understanding would be enlightened. Why? Now, I'm going to show you something here. I've been praying this wrong. I, I metacrated this on yesterday. Somebody say metacrate. That's meditate. Uh, I've been praying this way, Minister Johnny, that the eyes of my understanding would be enlightened. That's not what this is. For almost 30 years, I've been praying wrong. That's not what this is. Paul told them to pray, watch this, that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened, that they may know what is the hope of his calling, not yours. Because knowing what he was called to do sets you up to do what you're called to do. You all see the difference there? Right? And then what is the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the same? See, once you know what he was called to do, then you know everything that rightfully belongs to you. So what you're praying is that you'll get a greater understanding of what God sent him to this earth to do. So that you can inherit everything that was already provided for you. For somebody, that was worth a million dollars if you catch that. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and I'm going to come on down the home stretch. I got about six minutes left on my clock. So I'm going to share this quickly, okay? 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 9 through 16. Listen to everything that I've said. See, I wouldn't get married without the word. If you're smart, I find out everything that God said I'm supposed to be, and I will be that, and then get married. Hard to build a house in the middle of a storm. Before I start handling my money, I find out everything God had to say about money, and I'd handle my money according to the word of God. So we just do stuff and then tell, ask God to bless it. No, God said, do what I'm already blessing. Because the blessing is already built into it. See, we make life hard on ourselves. See, I'm telling you the Bible. The Bible says the way of a transgressor is hard. Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. He said, for my yoke is easy and my burden is what? See, when you find things hard, it's usually because you're going against and not with. Come on, I need a little better, a little better amen in church today. 
First Corinthians 2, let's look a little further. But as it is written, verse 9, I has not seen nor ear heard, watch this, nor entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Has prepared is past tense. But God has revealed, past tense, them to us through his spirit. For the spirit search of all things. Notice spirit is capitalized, referring to the Holy Spirit. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of man? Notice lowercase d, uh, s there. So the Holy Spirit speaks to your spirit about God. So when you want to learn something, folks, how many know it's spirit to spirit if it's kingdom? Holy Spirit to your spirit. Let's keep reading here. He searches all things. If you want to know something about it, how many know your spirit or the Holy Spirit already knows? And he wants to share it with your spirit. The problem, the question is, will you dig far enough and will you stay with it long enough until it enlightens your spirit and you have your aha moment? Let's keep reading here. For what man knows the things of man save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, no man knows the things of God except what? Uppercase S, the spirit of God, Holy Spirit. Now, we have received not the spirit, lowercase s, of the world, cosmos, this world system. See, the world has a way of doing things, and God has a way of doing things. One is higher wisdom, God, lower wisdom, this world system. Okay, let's keep reading here. Is any of this making sense to anyone today? All right. Watch this now. Now that we have received, even so, no man knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit, Holy Spirit, who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. Watch this now, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. See, the wise person is going to compare every decision they're making to the Word of God. See, does the Word of God tell me I can live with somebody before I get married? Does the Word of God tell me to, to, to cuss and do all this? He's going to compare everything to that. And then guess which side is he or she is going to yield to? I'm in a tight right now, so I ain't going to tie this week. Does the Word of God tell me that? Or is that lower wisdom? See, and what that lower wisdom is trying to do is bring you lower in life. Everybody still with me out there? We all got choices to make every single day. What are we comparing the choices that we make to? Are we comparing spiritual things with spiritual things? But the natural man, see, their lower wisdom does not receive the things from the Holy Spirit of God. Why? For they are foolishness to him. Don't sleep with somebody before you get married. You're out of your mind. Would you buy a car without test driving it before you bought it? No, fool. You're going to test drive the car before you buy it. Why would I get married and don't know what, what it's all about? Lower wisdom. See, we're just going to live together just to see if we're compatible. Lower wisdom. How many of y'all glad you came to church today? Well, there's some good stuff right here, isn't it? Right? See, and, that, and that's how you...
But he who is spiritual judges all things. Now, how many of y'all know I'm a man, I'm a human being? How many of y'all know I see other beautiful women? But I judge every situation. And you know how I judge it? Next to the word of God. And I've read enough scriptures about what adultery will do to you to know I don't want to fall in that pit. Right? And then you refocus your attention, and it's amazing. When you focus on what you have, you realize you have everything that you need. Come on, I need a little better amen in here right now. You know why people look other places? Because they stop focusing on what they have. See, the grass always looks green on the other side until you get over there in it and realize it got grub rubs and grub worms in it. Come on, somebody. It's so green because they spray painted it. Folks, I got a revelation for somebody online. Watch this. The grass is always greener wherever you water it. Come on, I need, a, I need a little better amen in church today, right? It's always greener wherever it's watered. I just went to a home going yesterday, married for over 70 years. Somebody give God glory for that right now. I've been married to her husband for over 70 years. Praise God for that. That's what I want. That's what I value at the end of my life. I want to be able to tell my great, great, great grandchildren that their great, great, great grandmother is the only person that I've ever been with my entire adult life. I mean, you know, that's a greater legacy than leaving money. It's just what you value at the end of the day. Now, if I told you you can have the mind of Christ about anything, would you believe that? Okay, let's read the rest of this and it'll bear me out. He who is spiritual judges all things, but yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. See, this is why you don't have to worry about other people talking to you, because if talking about you, because if what you're doing is right with God, forget all the rest of the people. And so in part, people have that right when they say no one can judge me, because really no one can judge you but God. Then look at this. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And you know how to have the mind of Christ about anything? Is find out what the word of God says about it. And you'll have his mind on it when you do it. I want to encourage single people. God's not withholding anything from you. Have you found out what you're supposed to be? And are you willing to be that? Because it's too late to try to become that after you get married. Now, again, you're built, you can do it, but it's a lot tougher than just to figure out what does he want you to be in your singleness and then marry that. And then how many know he is so eager to gift that to somebody else that's been doing the same thing? He knows how to put two people together. You can be on a cruise in Tahiti somewhere. A little Jamaican man come running around the corner. Girl, what's a beautiful girl like you being out here on the Lido deck all by yourself? Is that the Bible that you're reading? I'm saved and Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life as well. Yeah, man. Everything is ours. 
And boy, that would be the best thing ever happened to you since sliced bread. Hello, somebody. God knows how to get two people together. Somebody give God a real good hallelujah in here today. Let's look at this last one. The Word is what keeps our heart on fire for God. The Word is what keeps our heart on fire for God. And then I'm just going to close, and I'm going to give you a, a homework assignment for today. The Word is what keeps your heart on fire for God. And they said to one another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the Scriptures to us? So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven and those who were with them and gathered together saying, the Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Notice they didn't even mention the ladies. And they told about the things that had happened on the road and how he was known to them in breaking of bread. See, once they understood how all the scriptures pointed to the Messiah, how many of you know that changed everything for them? And now they can believe. Typically, when you can't believe for something, it's because you don't have enough word on it. And you're looking for sermons, folks, but I want to challenge you today. Feeding yourself is the best form of food you can eat. Amen. They used to tell us in Bible school, babies need to be fed. Grown folks feed themselves. And so if all you eat is this one meal, you are spiritually starved. The rest of the week, you are male nutrition. And that is the existence of most Christians. They go to church. They don't have a daily relationship with God. which is what made it easy for the pandemic to take so many people out of church because I only do that one day a week anyway. All right, let's conclude. Everybody say, I love, I love Pastor, Gregory Pastor Gregory because he loves me enough, he loves me enough to, tell me the truth. to tell me the truth. When is the last time you studied the word on your own? When is the last time you opened up the book just to seek God about something? Don't everybody answer that at the same time now. I did ask a question. Now, when's the last time you just did that for you because you love you that much and you love God that much? Glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not getting any encouragement in here right now. I'm just trying to encourage myself. That's good, Pastor Gregory. Oh, Pastor Gregory, thank you for sharing that today. Oh, man. That, oh, thank you, Pastor. Keep going. Be encouraged, Pastor Gregory. Man, I said thank you all from the amen corner behind the curtains over there. Uh, but when is the last time, right? You want to get married. When's the last time you studied on your own? I ain't talking about going to counseling, going to meet with somebody. Listen, I'm talking about when's the last time you studied for yourself? 
See, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I'm challenging you today, church. Let's stop going to church and let's be the church. It's going to be hard to be a strong Christian and all we live off of is one message all week long. Got to learn how to feed yourself every day. Now, here's your homework assignment for today. In the conclusion, you'll see that there are four ways to keep your heart on fire for God. If you want it, go get it. Four ways. The first one is to pray daily. I won't look at the scriptures because it's your homework assignment. You ever saw someone that once was on fire for God, got caught up, got all messed up, now living all crazy? I can tell you what happened to them. They stopped praying. Once you stop praying, you get far away from God. Number two, meditate the word of God. God told Joshua, if you do that day and night, you'll make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. Pray every day. Spend time in the word of God every day. Number three, serve other people. If you're a member of Linked Up Church, you should be on a dream team. See, one sign of maturity is that you're willing to help other people. It's called dream teams here. And I have to say, we have the absolute most dynamic dream team in the United States of America. That's why we have flown right over the top of COVID this whole season. It has not touched Linked Up Church. Now, of course, we give God all the glory for that. But let me tell you who's played a huge part in that. The world-class dream team. Somebody ought to put their hands together and thank God for this world-class dream team. Online, thank God for that world-class dream team. So if you're not serving, get involved. This is a mark of maturity. How many know you really don't have a relationship with anyone that you're not willing to do something for? Your willingness to do something for someone indicates the level of relationship you have with. She can get anything from me because of the level of our relationship. I'd do anything for her. I washed clothes for four hours, eight hours, six hours, about three, four weeks ago. Now, that's Jesus. How many know that's Jesus? She said, baby, can you help me with these clothes? How many know my flesh, my initial reaction was like, Man, I ain't washed no clothes in 30 years. <laughs> but it's my baby asking me. So we, well, we spent a whole Sunday, I think, from 12 o'clock to about 8 o'clock, washing them and folding them. She can get me to do anything. Amen. You know why? Because I love her. Amen. Right? Amen. Right? Now, she got some makeup work on the back end of all of this. And all the fellas said, I mean, no, we ain't just doing that just to be doing it. You got to learn how to go along so we can get along. There is no manifestation where there's no expectation. And I got a great big old expectation of a manifestation of the glory of God. Hallelujah. Won't he do it? <laughs> I said, won't he do it? 
Number four, fellowship with other believers. And there's supporting texts up underneath each one of those. Fellowship with other believers. Folks, we call that connect groups here at Linked Up Church. One of my groups rode yesterday on their motorcycles. I hate I had to miss that. I won't miss too many more of those. But how I many know it's important that we spend time with each other? When all of your friends don't know God, that says more about you than your friends. When you'd rather be with people that live any old kind of way, do whatever they want to do, drink, smoke, cuss, hello, somebody, that says more about you than it does them. Fellowship with other believers. Somebody all give connect groups a real big shout, shout out. Huh? So I'm done for the day. Let's all stand to our feet. I want to ask you a question. Do your conversations reveal that you've lost your fire for God? Just wanted to think about your previous conversations over the last week. Your girlfriends, your male friends, at work, on the job, in the gym. Does your conversations reveal that you've lost your fire for God? If so, then I'm challenging you today to do what you need to get back on track. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, then you never had that fire. Let him give it to you today. Let him turn it on, and then you leave it on for the rest of your life. But if you're already born again, you know what you need to do, and I'm challenging you today. Don't do anything in your life without the Word of God. Counseling is not you getting the Word of God. Counseling is the counselor sharing with you the Word of God. You're not getting it until you go home and study it for yourself. But the reality is most people come get it, and they never touch it again <laughs> to the next time they come in, right? Premarital counseling, a lot of people do that just because that's what I need to do to get married, not because this is how I want to live. People come to marriage counseling, not because I want to change, but she want me to come. So I'll appease her because I'm still going to do what I want to do. I'm challenging you today. How many know a good pastor is going to always challenge you? And a lot of pastors say, well, what if you lose members? I, we, I can't lose anything that I never have. So that's why I don't fear anyone. We own this building. What you going to do? Stop giving? I'd rather you stop giving and receive the word of God and change your life than keep giving and live any old kind of way you want to live. I would just say keep it, but get your right life right with God. Let's all lift our hands to the Father. You got a chance to do that right now. Online and in this room. God's opening up a door for you right now. Which eyes are open right now? Are you only natural right now or are your spiritual eyes open? Were you listening to what the Spirit of God was sharing with you today or were you just here? Right? Here's your moment. Here's your opportunity. If you're watching online or physically in this building today, you don't have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. I want to pray with and for you today. Secondarily, you might say, Pastor, I'm already saved. 
But I'm that person, I've been operating in that lower wisdom. I've been operating in the, in the natural. And that's caused me to get away from God. I lost my fire for God. And I want to get that back. I want to rededicate my life. I want to come back to Christ today. If that's you, I want to pray with and for you online or in the room. My final invitation today, you might say, Pastor, I'm saved, but I don't have a church home. I'm not committed anywhere. But, man, I really like what God is doing at this church. I want to join Linked Up Church today. I want to, you can join online or you can join in this room. I promise you, my wife and I will pray for you every single day of our lives. And one thing you can tell is what we care about is that you get the word of God. We're not interested in entertaining you at all. We're interested in making sure that you get and know the word of God. So now while every head is bowed, every eye is closed in prayer, no one moving, no one talking, unless you've been assigned to do so. This is your moment. If you don't know Christ, if you don't have a personal relationship with God through him, let me pray for you. If you're out of fellowship with him, you've backslid, you've gone back out into the world, you've lost your fire, you want to come back to him, let me pray for you. If you don't have a church home and you're saying God is confirmed in your spirit, this is where he wants you planted, let me pray for you. But I'll only know that you desire my prayers by the lifting up of your hands. So right where you're standing right now, right online, would you just lift your hand up in the air right now? Lift it up, keep it up as high as you can. If you want to give your life to Christ, rededicate your life to, to God, or you want to. I see that hand over there. I see that hand up there. Or you want to join Linked Up Church. I see that hand right there. Thank you for your obedience. You can put your hands down. I know the Spirit of God is dealing with more people in this room. Never put off to tomorrow what God is convicting you about today. The quicker you obey God, the quicker God is able to bless your life. So if you didn't raise your hand, but in your heart you know you should have, God loves you so much, he's opening up another window for you right now. If you didn't raise your hand, but in your heart you know you should have. You want to give your life to God. You want to come back to Christ, rededicate your life. Or you want to join this church. Would you lift your hand up in the air right now? Lift it up high as you can so that I'll know I'm praying with and for you today. Who else is that? Lift it up. Keep it up as high as you possibly can, balcony or on the floor. Praise God. I see that other hand right there. If you raised your hand that first or that second time, or you didn't, but in your heart you know you should have, would you do me one more favor? Just gather up all of your personal belongings. Make your way out into the aisle. Come meet me right down here at the front. Linked Up Church, give them a big round of applause as they come. Come on down now in Jesus' name. Anyone else before we pray? Anyone else before we pray? Anyone else? Online, I have not. We're waiting for them. Praise God. Linked Up Church, this would encourage people if you all would just make them feel like they've made the best decision they could have ever made in their life. Come on, give them a huge round of applause. Praise God. God bless you, man. God bless you, man. your heart was burning while I was up here ministering, your heart was burning, 
That was God, the Holy Spirit, demonstrating to you how much he loves you. Right? Who else is that? Praise God. I know. Come on, my brother. Come on. I already know. Anyone else? Your heart was burning. That was the Holy Spirit drawing close to you, letting you know how much he loves you. And in a lot of cases, it's because he's saving you for some, from something because he loves you that much. Thank you for that, Kale. Anyone else? I know that there are other people in here. We don't have all day. It's 10.04. I'm already four minutes over my clock. Who else is that today? Who else is that? Your heart was burning while I was ministering. Obey that. Take that first step. The second step will get easier and easier. Would you all be ministers of reconciliation and just look at or ask the person near you, do you want to go down there? And then you tell them, I'll go with you. Grab them by the hand and come on down. Your heart was burning, man. Your heart was burning while the word was ministered. Praise God. Praise God. Come on, linked up church. Praise God. Come on, linked up church. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. I haven't forgot about you online. I want you, if you want to give your life to God, you want to rededicate your life, or you want to join Linked Up Church, I want you right where you at to just lift your hand up in the air. Those that are in the building, just put your right hand over your heart. And I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Online, repeat this prayer after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died, rose from the grave, and he is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth and what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. And all my sins are forgiven in Jesus' name. Linked Up Church, celebrate with them one more time. Praise God. Great decision today. You all would look right to your left. We practice social distancing back there. Follow him right now. Come on, church. Make them feel real good as they exit the worship center. Online, if you prayed that prayer sincerely from your heart today, I want you to text Get Connected to the number on the screen. If you prayed that prayer sincerely from your heart, text Get Connected to the number that is on your screen. If all you can do is type in, I prayed that prayer from my heart, type that in and our media team, social media team ministers, they'll see it and we will follow up with you accordingly. You Thank you so much for watching our online service. We certainly don't take that for granted. And if you enjoyed today's message and you want to get connected with us, we encourage you to become a part of our online community. That's right. And you can do that by subscribing to our YouTube channel, sharing this video with a friend and following us on social media. Don't forget to meet us right here on this channel every Sunday for our services. If you desire to help us reach more people just like yourself and advance the kingdom of God, then click the Give button now. This will allow us to connect more people to God, their families, their purpose, and their communities. Thank you again for watching our service on today, and we'll, we'll see, see you next week. week.